Yo, what is good, everybody? Welcome back to Diamond Talk. This is going to be our last episode for this calendar year of 2023. Here with uh, Rob and Nick, man. How you guys doing? Yo, what's going on, guys? Excited for another one. Um, good to see another off season. you know, off to a, a very hot start. And excited to see what 2024 has to bring. Yes, sir. Last one of the year. Ready to talk about all the stuff that happened this last week, which wasn't much, but there were some big names. And uh, that Otani money is funny money. We're going to talk about it. It actually is funnier than anybody fucking thought. <laughs> like, it is, it is like Houdini money, which doesn't exist until 2034 or whatever the fucking year it is. It is insane. Like, that, that, that's the perfect place to start, right? So, last, last week, we, we told you guys Otani signed by Dodgers. It wasn't surprising. The surprising shit that came out was afterwards, right? So, the way that this contract has been wor- like worked around. By the way, I think I think everyone knew that there was going to be deferred money to some extent, right? To do it, to do it, move to do it, Freddie Freeman. The amount of deferred money, though, that's the crazy part. It's like six hundred eighty million dollars of deferred compensation for basically Otani's age forty plus season. Um, the way it works is Otani will be getting, well, he he will physically be getting two million dollars to two million dollars a year for the next ten years. That's his contract essentially with the with the Dodgers. Now, what that does um, strategically is it allows his cap hit number basically to be a lot lower. Now, it's not two million, right? It's it's still forty six million, but it's a lot less than the seventy million it would be for his annual AAV for, for his AAV, I would say. So that came out. Everyone was like, "Holy shit! What Dodgers are geniuses? Everyone's a genius." This contract was offered to everybody. This it came out that this offered this contract what was offered to the Giants. The Giants were the, the team that was like very well in it to the end here, where they had the seven hundred million dollar on the table. Um, that's a whole nother thing that I'm sure Nick's gonna get into about how ridiculous it was that they didn't reach out back to Otani, um, which nuts. But after that, it kind of does free up the the Dodgers to make some moves. Right after that. They go out, they trade for, for Tyler Glass now, and also extend Tyler Glass now. Now, we don't know what the Glass now um, contract looks like yet specifically. We do know it's somewhere in the range of five years. I think it's $27 million a year or, or something like that. Um, but yeah, look, Dodgers making moves, right? Dodgers making moves. And we knew they would. Uh, the Rays get back Ryan uh, Pepe, basically, where he's going to he, – he's a big name in that trade. But, yo, Rob, man, I'll, I'll start with you, dude. Where, where, where are we at right now in this, in this whole Otani world? Oh, that's crazy, man. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I think I think you nailed it exactly. I think everyone expected there to be some level of deferred money in the Otani deal, not $680 million worth of deferred money, um, especially when you think like, right, like if you look at the majority of the teams that, that he was looking at, yeah, you can say that the final two were more than likely the Dodgers and the Blue Jays. But it always seemed like it was a a favoritism to the California area, right? Like you had the Dodgers, you had the Angels, the team that he was on, you had the Giants, right? Even if you even if you wanted to bring up like a team like the Padres, if the Padres really wanted to get into the Otani sweepstakes, they easily could if they would have not made, you know, some of the moves that they made uh, recently. But yeah, so he was always kind of keen to that area. And you're talking about like, if you're going to get a $700 million deal, you're losing about half of that in California, <laughs> like in California taxes, right? Like they're probably going to take like $300 million uh, of that you know, along the way ac- across that that decade that you're going to be playing for that team. So it was definitely smart on on his end to look out for himself financially, right? Not not also saying that he needs the money, because even with his salary, everything that he's going to make from advertising and everything like that, merchandise and all that type of stuff, like it's huge money for the best player in the game. But yeah, it, w- it was a very smart move. I think it, it's, a, it's a move that helped the Dodgers um, because it did open up the way for... Um, I want to say, it, well, actually not open up the way, but maybe it, it made the Glassnow acquisition and extension a lot more digestible um, on their end, you know, because you're not having that money on top of essentially all of that Otani money throughout the 10 years. Um, the five-year extension to Tyler Glassnow is a little risky, um, maybe a lot of risky um, <laughs> with, with his injury history. Um, not to to shit on the guy or anything like that, because I have we've talked about it before. He has great stuff. He's he's one of the elite arms in the game when he's out there healthy. The problem is he's coming off his best season this year, which was still riddled with injury and involved just 21 starts. And like still like it, I'm saying it's his best season, not even just numbers wise, but his best season in terms of like time spent on the field. Like he's been more effective other seasons, but 
Um, it's tough, man. Uh, 27, 27 million AAV. I mean, you can look at, at some guys, you know, around the league, probably the most prominent name just because it was the, mo the most recent, like Carlos Rondon, right? I think that's what also makes the conversation a little bit more digestible. Because if you're just talking about talent, I, I take Tyler Glass now over Carlos Rondon easily. Um, but again, it's two pitchers that that have dealt with injury before. Um, you're looking at the AAV, the, the level that they're at right now. It kind of makes sense. Um, when I looked at the numbers overall, it was just four years, 110 added on to the 25 million that he's going to be getting on this year. So it, it, it's a little bit understandable from, from their end. And on the Dodgers end of things, you knew that they were going to make a trade like this, right? Like Tyler Glass now wasn't the only name that was being uh, thrown around. Corbin Burns name was thrown around. And guess what? Corbin Burns was probably more expensive being a former Cy Young Award winner and still one of the best arms in the game, you know, potentially looking at a package along with Willie Adamas. Um, I said it, if you're going to get Corbin Burns, um, even if you were looking at the, at the, cause if you remember, they ended up getting glass now and Margot, but there was also rumors of a potential glass now and Randy Rosarena package being headed to the Dodgers. If you were going to get Tyler glass and Randy Rosarena, in my opinion, the Dodgers would have had to give up like a top five, top six prospect on their end, just based on the value of those two players that they'd be getting in return. Obviously it dropped down to glass on Margot. So we saw the package, which is still decent for Tampa Bay, um, in their return. And we know the type of, of organization that tampa bay is right whatever they get in return for star players like they're, they're probably going to end up turning some of these guys into something so it's it's not going to be bad on their end in my opinion uh, for the dodgers it's a wait and see i think it, it all goes back to the funny money man like it's it, in a weird way we're not even looking at the dodgers in 2024 which is like that's what i want people to understand like it's just like this is a long-term play if you're if you're actually looking at the dodgers like their window to me kind of starts in 2025 right if you if you're looking at people being fully healthy because I think the intention is for Otani to be able to pitch. So if you're looking at a 2025 rotation that includes Shohei Otani along with a Walker Bueller, with a, with a healthy Tyler Glass now potentially, a Bobby Miller, now you're really talking about one of the best rotations in baseball if they're able to stay healthy. But again, that's a very big if. Hold up. I, I got to say this, man. I, I, I think we did this all last year too, where it's like, oh, this isn't really a Dodger season, so we're going we're gonna to write this out one off, and we don't care whatever they do because really we're waiting for Otani. And now it's like, oh, we're waiting for Otani, but Otani can't pitch 2025, so we can't wait for 2024 either. You know, just like last year, man, it's these guys are spending. I don't care what the what the Houdini numbers are. These guys are spending about what is it, 120 mil on three players. Like this is all systems go, right? Plus, you just gave Glass now. I think like like, and I know you're not saying that they won't make the playoffs or anything like that. You're not like making excuses for them. But I think Dodger fans do make excuses for themselves as yeah. far as we don't expect this to be. Like, yeah. I think if, if you're I'm saying you're I'm saying fans, next year, like, next year they'll be at full strength. That that's what that's what my thing is. I'm saying I'm saying whatever they're able to do this season, right? So like imagine they have a 2024 that leads to a title. I'm saying in 2025, I expect them to be even better. So like imagine sure, sure. what their 2024 ends up being like. Yeah, no, no, I got you. I just I just don't want to start baking that in already. No, no, I feel you. all last season. Last season was all like, this isn't a real year. We don't care. We know that we're getting Otani next year. That's when our real life begins. Like, nah, bro, you're a real life boy right now, Pinocchio. Your shit's still fake. Like, you guys need a win right now. Um, anyway, Nick, man, what about you, man? What, what, are, your, what are your thoughts so far about, about what happened this season? Man, this is gross from a non from a Dodger hater. Like, this is just this is terrible news all the way around, especially with my boy Glasnow. <clears throat> I'm a big Glasnow fan. So to have him go over uh, to the blue and white is just not fun. And you know what? The Dodgers have a way of only needing 100 innings out of their starters. Like, I mean, let's look at what they're expecting out of Clayton Kershaw year after year and how well he's pitching. You know, they're not expecting much out of Walker Buehler this year coming back from his Tommy John. I'm surprised they gave a Pepio, and, you know, here's here's a big uh, hot take. Ryan Pepio is going to be the AL Cy Young 2025 because that's what the Rays do. They get two really, really good years out of him. And with the talent that he has on the out of the Dodgers organization and what the Rays can do, I mean, I expect maybe not this year. They'll have one year to work with him, but 2025, He'll probably be up there in the ranks as far as one of the really good starting pitchers in the AL. Uh, but from the Dodgers' standpoint, the Otani money. Look, I don't know, I don't know why they decided to defer sixty-eight million. Like this is interesting to me. Um, why that number was sixty-eight million a year for the next ten years after he's done playing, but none of that money hits their salary cap when he's gone, and he can bounce to anywhere he wants to go to save all the taxes out of California. He doesn't have to live here. He doesn't have to work here. He can just be on his way back to Japan or wherever the lowest taxes are to make that money himself. But it's really interesting the way they do the math with deferred money is the present value. And that's how they come to the 46 million. 
And I'm just wondering, did he just want to have the biggest AAV on the salary cap? Like, what was what was the reason for that 46? Because why not just do a Bobby Bonilla style and do it for 30, 50 years or whatever it may be? Um, lots of stuff there. But look, the Dodgers got to win it this year and next year and the year after. Like, without doing the LeBron James, not one, not two, not three. They just did the LeBron James, not one, not two, not three. Because you don't sign a guy like Otani after signing a guy like Freddie Freeman, after signing a guy like Mookie Betts. And then go out and get a Tyler Glass now, who, yes, injury prone for sure. But to Rob's point, I mean, this is one of the top five, top ten arms in all of baseball. And if you've got him for the next five years for sure, and you can work around his innings limits and really put him in a place to be successful during the playoffs when you need him, this is going to be a tough team to beat. Still on paper, they're not the best team in the NL. It still goes to the Braves, in my opinion. I think the Braves have it, especially up and down the lineup. Um, when you put their three hitters together, yes, I'd rather have the Dodgers three over the Braves three and Acuna, um, Olsen, and uh, Riley. But outside of that, pitching staff-wise, I'd go Braves. Bullpen, I'd go Braves. Coach, I'd for sure go Braves. Organization up and down the chain is really close, but I would still go Braves. And now I just got to play the games on the field. But it's going to be a really tough year for everybody going against the Dodgers. And the one, two, three that they're going to have is going to be so much fun to watch. But money-wise, this was so creative. But it's also one-off. We're not going to see this again from anybody. You don't have a player that can pitch and hit the level of Otani. You also don't have players that are going to be willing to take $2 million a year when they're worth $70 million a year because that does affect their pocketbook and gives them less money. Clearly, Otani's not about the money in a sense. It's easy to say that when your total contract is $700 million. <laughs> but he is doing things that, do, that they hurt his pocketbook. He's going to get it back, you know, right away. Like the Dodgers are probably going to make a couple hundred million this year alone off advertising. So the part, the part that really pisses me off is for the Giants to come out and say that they had the same offer on the table and they're surprised that Otani went to Los Angeles. Why? What do you have over Los Angeles for any reason for any player to come if everything else is equal? Like the city isn't any better. Their team sucks. Like there's nobody on that team that really looks like they're a major league player. I don't know if any of the players on San Francisco would crack the lineup in Los Angeles. Even their new acquisition, Lee, I don't know if he's necessarily a starter in L.A. So there's really no reason for anybody to go to San Francisco. You haven't won since the early 2010s. I mean, this year we're going to be a full decade removed from their last World Series title. There's so many things that they should have done differently. Maybe it was ownership of the team or something, but you can't go in a couple million dollars over this offer and think that's going to land Otani. You don't have anything there for him to really want to come do as far as playing with you. You don't have a better coach. You don't have a better pitching staff. You don't have a better farm system. You don't have better development. You don't have a better front office. There's just everything is just really against the Giants right now. It's going to be tough sledding for them to be competitive again anytime soon. And this is a bad start to it. The lease signing was good. Um, but it's just a start in a really uphill battle going down. That's not going to happen anytime soon. So Dodgers, I mean, might as well get their, their banners just hung up already through the next 10 years and see what happens after that. Cause there's outside of like, you know, a Thanos snap of the Dodgers, <laughs> there's really not much that's going to keep them from winning the West. Look, man, I, I gotta say this, man, like, cause we, we've seen, we've seen teams spend money like this before. Right. And we've seen successful teams spend money like this before. So right now, I look at the Dodgers as like the early 2000 Yankees, which the early 2000 Yankees, they spent money. They traded for the best players, right? So, you know, it was after their, their little dynasty run that went from 96 to 2000 that the Yankees really started spending money after they lost to the Diamondbacks in 2021. I mean, in 2001, because George Steinman was like, yo, this is disgusting. We can't let this ever happen again. We're going to start bringing in the big names. We're going to start bringing in the big guns because we lost on a broken bat fucking, like, um, hit over Jeter's head in the, in the World Series of the Diamondbacks. But the reason why I bring this up is it's a cautionary tale. The seasons after that, the Yankees were very competitive. They were in the World Series. They were in you know playoffs and stuff like that. But they didn't win a World Series again until most of those guys who got those big contracts got off the books. So I'm talking guys like Jason Giambi. The Yankees never won a World Series with Jason Giambi. Talking about guys like Mike Messina, who, who, who they signed as well, who's you know inducted into the Hall of Fame, right? The Yankees never won a World Series with Mike Messina. You know, so it's one of those things where, look, you do what you have to do to make your team as best as you can. But at the same time, it's not guaranteed that just because you're spending money, you're going you're gonna to come out here and, and, you know, win World Series after World Series. The biggest caution for, for the 
Dodgers right now, in, in my opinion, is, yes, you have three of the best players in the game, right? In my opinion, Glass now has top 10 stuff, no matter where you put him in, in, in pretty much any era. But these guys are a little bit older, right? Like, these aren't guys that you in their 20s, right? The reason, the reason why I like the Brave guys so much is because Acuna's in his 20s. My, my guy isn't even 26 yet. But I think I think he's I think he's only twenty five in Acuna Junior. You know Austin Riley, he's in his twenties. He's not hitting thirties for the next for the next few years, right? Um, Matt Olson, I think Matt Olson's a little bit older. I think he might be in his thirties. But other than that, though, right? Like you know, you have a pretty young, you have a pretty young nucleus, right? Plus, where we didn't mention guys like Michael Harris, who's only twenty three years old, going into his his you know next season, right? Um, have to mention Jared Kalanick. <laughs> Who's there long term? Whether whether he sucks or he doesn't suck, he's a young piece that is going to be there for a long time. So if he works out, which by the way, if we're naming outfielders, who's my second outfielder that I'm naming on the Dodgers? It's like no, seriously, tell me. Yeah, I I don't know. Like maybe I'm just ignorant of it. But it's, Chris Taylor is or even, James Outman. James, James Outman. Outman, yeah, J- James Outman. Because it's not even Mookie anymore. Mookie's an infielder now, right? So it's like, look, I get it. I think this is great for the Dodgers, but. And, and Dodger fans have admitted this, right? Dodgers fans have said this. These are the ones that we talk to. Is they do need more, right? There, there is kind of question marks about like everything past those big ass names. So you know, they're, they're just sticking things out. So I, do, do they win every NLS? Probably. I don't, I don't see a way they don't just because the teams that are behind them are so bad, right? Like we had a Diamondbacks last year was the, was the biggest Cinderella run we've seen in a very long time. Um, you know, outside of that, though, Padres are in, in, in bankruptcy mode, right? Giants, which, by the way, look, if the biggest red flag for me, I, I, look, I don't know if Farhan's anxiety personal, personally, but to me, it comes off that people don't really like doing business with him. Because we've seen, like, look, when, when he was with the Dodgers, that was probably the era that they had, like, the least big names going there, right? That was when, like, guys like Hanley Ramirez were getting traded away, right? This was after Manny was. That, that year, they had a lot of in-house talent. So they grew a great farm system talent, but didn't really sign guys. And I don't know if it was because they tried. I don't know if it was just circumstances. But for me, that's a red flag because San Francisco, look, that, that I'm not going to say it's like the most, you know, best des- destination, right? It is a little bit different than, than Southern California. But at the same time, like, these guys are offering real money, right? Aaron Judge got offered real money. Carlos Correa got offered real money before his physical fell through. You know, um, Otani, that's real money. And the fact that, like, I don't know, like, do you think, like, like, like mentioned, do you think just because we gave you a, a, an offer of a couple million above that maybe that he's going to come here? Absolutely not. You have to put that work in. Um, you know, s- sticking with the Giants, they did make a move. So the Giants signed, um, I just want to make sure I get his name right. So the so Giants introduced Jung Ho Lee. He's going to be the outfielder. He's from Korea, I believe. Um, he's pretty much the big acquisition this year. Uh, rumors are they're also in on Yamamoto. Everyone's in on Yamamoto at this point. We'll talk about that a little bit too. But um, Giants signed Jung Ho Lee. Nick, how are we feeling about it? Uh, they have a better hitter than they had in the past five years, so that's good. But <laughs> this is this is like a tertiary piece at best. This is like should be your number three guy, unless his on base carries over, which it might. But the Japanese stars we've seen come over and do really really well the last you know I don't know decade or so. But the Korean hitters don't come over and do well the first year. They do. They, they have about a year of adjustment, and then they kind of pick back up to maybe where they were in Korea. But, I mean, this guy's got, I believe, an 898 lifetime OPS over in Korea, uh, over a 400 on-base percentage. Those two numbers are great. If they stick here, I, I really don't care how he does it. He's not a power hitter. Going to San Francisco, you need to have, like, arson judge power to, like, really be effective there. You can have Barry Bonds, like, literally all-time great power to really be effective in that stadium. So that's not the play here. He can play center field. Apparently, he's really, really gifted in center field as far as defensively. So that's going to be really good with the pitching staff they have, which is non-existent outside of Logan Webb. Um, I like the move, but it's got to be the third piece. And there's not two other better offensive pieces out there unless they're going to be trading. And they don't have the farm system to trade. So it's going to be another rough year as Giants fans just watching this team. Probably, start, I mean, a 500 year would be amazing. Now, they could possibly get Yamamoto. Um, I believe they've already pitched over 300 million for him, which is number two to the Mets right now. But I don't really see that happening. Um, the, the real big gift for them this year is probably going to be Blake Snell. I hate to say it because I don't trust that. I don't want to see it. 
Um, there's just too much volatility with him. The only thing that would be nice about Blake Snell is if he really is pitching into what he said last year, which is I'm just going to walk guys and say, fuck it. I don't really give a shit. I'm not going to waste pitches. If I'm down 2-0, I'm still just going to try to get some good pitches in there, but I'm not going to worry about a walk. I'm just going to get the next guy out with a strikeout or whoever it may be. If that is his new mentality and that's exactly how they're going to let him pitch, that can work in a stadium like San Francisco. It is very much still a pitcher's park. It's a little bit better for a hitter over the last couple of years, but it is a pitcher's park. And if he's going to pitch that way with some good defense behind him, that could be very good for him. He's not going to be a Cy Young candidate. Again, I don't believe that would be crazy. It would be awesome if he is for whatever team gets him. But to me, Blake Snell feels like a giant at this point because they're going to have to sign some big name outside of Lee in this offseason. And he's really the only guy out there that they can still get that's going to make any sort of splash that I think they can get. And they're probably going to overpay for him, but that's what they need to start doing. And that could lead into future signings in the years to come that, hey, we will overpay if the talent is right for you to come to San Francisco so we can get something going. But <clears throat> the lead pick, I think, is really, really good. Um, it just there needs to be a lot more around it. They're so weak offensively. Um, I think I messaged out the, the talking baseball lineup where he's hitting seventh. There's no way he hits seventh that lineup. They don't have six hitters that are better than him. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough year as a Giants fan. But Lee, if he can come over and do what he's doing over in KBL, you know, four hundred plus on base and a nine hundred OPS, it'll be fun to watch. He's got some speed, so he could run the bases with the new rules and everything. He could be thirty plus steals very easily. Man, I, so I, I'll be honest with you, I'm I'm, I'm ignorant to to Jung Ho Lee's Hung Hung, Jesus Christ, Jung Ho Lee's game. Like I don't, I really don't know about it. I know that. Um, you know, I don't necessarily trust Korean baseball too much, right? Um, granted, you have some guys who played there and came back to, to the United States and had great seasons. Marcus Thames kind of most famously on that. But I, I got to see it. You know, like, I, I remember last year we had the the World Baseball Classic. So when it came to um, Masataka with the Red Sox, I was like, okay, I can see this guy. This guy has a good – he's going to be a good fit for them. I don't have that luxury this year um, with uh, Jung Ho Lee, so I, I like I honestly things I've seen is, have been highlights from Korea, and like it's one of those, he's one of those players where he's not going to impress you with his power, he's not going to impress you with um, the way the ball comes off the bat in my opinion, but he's very productive. That's the thing, he's very productive. He's a high average guy, um, puts the ball in play a lot, um, you, you know. But again, like solid contact, right? So I think of him as a like, Luis Arias is probably, like, if we're going to go high-end comps, right, as far as just the way they put the ball in play, Luis Arias is the kind of guy you look at with a little bit more pop. Um, not, not that I'm saying he's going to, you know, flip with 400 or anything like that. I just think that that's his, what his contact skills look like right off the bat. Um, but, yeah, man, you know, Robert, what about you, dude? What, what do you think about the, the Giants trajectory here? Yeah, I, I think it was a very good pickup for San Francisco. I think they needed uh, the at least the big name um because because he is a big name right like no matter what he ends up doing in the mlb at least this offseason he's one of the big names on the market he was talked about as a fallback option for both the yankees and the padres um in the juan soto talks so there was interest from other teams um in there as well and realistically right look he spent seven professional seasons in the kbo uh we all know that the kbo isn't at the same level as you know baseball out in japan for example um, but you're talking about one of the best hitters in the KBO in the last few seasons. He is a he is a 340 career hitter, almost a 900 career OPS. Do I expect those numbers to translate? No, because I think we've we've been able to see, uh, you know, most recently the most successful example out of the KBO is uh, Haseyang Kim with the Padres. Right. Uh, that was a player who now has evolved into an all star level player um, at the MLB level. But who if you look at his numbers in the KBO is much more of a power bat than Jung Ho Lee. And his numbers haven't really translated, right? Like, like Kim was out here hitting 25, 30 homers um, in the KBO. He's not doing that with the Padres currently. Um, and you talk about Lee, who's an even lesser power bat than Kim playing, you know, for the Giants. Um, like Nick mentioned, I don't think the ballpark is going to necessarily play to his strengths. But again, it also depends on what his role is going to be, right? Like you paid less than 20 million AAV for a guy who you said, right, like his comparison would be Luis Arias. And that's probably like on a high end. But even if he gives, even if he's, if he's consistently in your lineup hitting 280, 290, you're probably going to be in a position in baseball nowadays where around that 15 to 20 million AAV, that's what that type of bat is going to cost you. Having a guy who can consistently hit at that level batting average 
for the Giants, it's kind of a weird offseason because we just finished talking about them and like, you know, their lack of being able to to lure Otani, which look, if I'm being honest, I think the money offer was there for Otani. I just never saw the Giants as a realistic destination for him. I think it, it made sense. But it again, once you talk about the fact that like, yo, look at where he's coming from. He's coming from the Angels when he was just playing with Mike Trout, right? Like, why would he want to go to a team that does not have a superstar to begin with when he was just playing with one of the best hitters in the history of the entire game, right? And if you, we forgot to mention when we were talking about Otani, um, which, which just very quickly, that clause in his contract about like Andrew Freeman not being able to be fired during his time there and then he can opt out. Yo, if anything, that points to the Angels' miss, uh, uh, misfunction, you know? Like, it's just like, yo... He's basically saying, like, I, if this guy, if we are not on the same page towards what we are building, I am out of here because I just spent all these years not having a single postseason appearance. I'm not doing that again. So I'm trying to win. I said it before, the Dodgers are a guaranteed postseason ticket, and that's their difference with, with the Giants in this situation. That's why I say they're in such a weird offseason because you just went from missing out Otani, but your offseason could also very drastically change because you have the money to make it happen, right? Like there's nothing stopping the Giants. I mean, outside of the players deciding to sign somewhere else, but they could land Yamamoto and then also throw a Cody Bellinger on top of that. And then also go out and be like, hey, Matt Chapman, you want to play third base? Like realistically, if they wanted to do that, they could. But, it, but it's but, all but, about. Let me ask this. If, if they make those moves, do you think that moves the needle at all? Like in the NOS? It gets them to the postseason, I'd say. I don't think I don't think it says that they're better than that they're better than the Dodgers, but to like oh, Nick's okay. point, for example, right? If you sign, I would say this: if you sign Cody Bellinger, Cody Bellinger is the star, right? I would imagine because he's going to get more money that he's going to get more money than Lee. He's not going to get 113 million over six years. Um, so Cody Bellinger essentially would be signed as the as the star. You have Matt Chapman in there who potentially plays a number two or number three to that Lee. So those are your top three guys right now. If you're talking about a world where you also land Yamamoto on top of that, or let's let's even downgrade it a little bit because I think it's a good name to mention, Blake Snell, right? Like Nick brought up. I mean, if you're talking about a rotation next year that's headlined by a duo of Blake Snell and Logan Webb, who Logan Webb finished second, right? This year to Blake Snell and Cy Young. So like the top two finishers in Cy Young last year, that's not too bad. Um, You know, I, I, I will say this, like it's a day we haven't mentioned too much because of how the markets have played out slowly. But I did mention earlier this week, like that a potential Blake Snell deal scares me just because I'm like, yeah, the, the amount of money that he might get for the type of pitcher that I think he is. But I don't know, man, there's a lot of names out there for San Francisco. If San, Fr San Francisco needs to land someone else for me to be able to say like, this is somewhat successful, whether that's a Cody Bellinger again, I don't, I'm not saying that's sending you to the world series because I think there's still a lot to of work to be done, but I, I don't think Lee can be the only thing that they do this off season for their fan base to be satisfied. So, so let me, let me ask this because I want to see where, where you guys have Leon as far as if we're going to slot him somewhere in the MLB, right? Who would you rather have? So for me, the first, first name is Bellinger. Would, you know, if you're, if you're making a lineup today, who would you rather have on your team? Young Holy or, or Bellinger? Cody Bellinger. I'm going to go Bellinger, but just barely, I just don't trust his up and down, but. For sure, right now, because I've seen him do it in MLB. Okay, let me go to the next name. Um, Randy Rosarena. Or Rosarena. I'm gonna go Rosarena. I'd, I'd go Lee personally, but I'm a hater. Um, let's see who, who else, like Ver Verdugo. Lee, I, I would take, I think Verdugo could end up having a better season, but I would take the, the, the risk potential on Lee for sure. I go Lee just because I think he's more stable. I don't think he needs as many pieces around him to do what he's going to do, where I think Verdugo needs some pieces around him to do something. Masataka. Yoshida. Yoshida simply because he, I, I, like, again, I've seen him just do it recently. Yeah, Yoshida. Okay. I'm, try, I'm trying to think of the, the names that, that would kind of, I mean, I, I don't know. If you insert you him, if you put him in the game of baseball right now, he he's a guy who, like, Look, without seeing what he does this season, I would say he's a guy who probably ends the year in our conversation of like, oh, he just barely like didn't make our top 20 outfielders. Like in that conversation of like just falls off of like that top 25 group. Hey, he might come out here and, and he might come out here and really go crazy and post an 860, 870 OPS. I hope he does. 
I just, again, like we mentioned before, and everyone is well aware of it, the KBO numbers historically just have not translated over. And you're, now you're talking about one of the best bats in the KBO coming over. So he might be one of the best examples to, to see if there's even a chance, you know, of those numbers translating over. Well, I mean, I'm just, I, it, it's hard, right? Because there's there's guys that have come over who have looked like, you know, they look, they look pretty good. And, and then you put them in a major league uniform playing against major league players and you're just like oh this person just doesn't fit right um like who's who's that dude from the cubs sayaka suzuki i think or sayaka suzuki Sayaka? yeah 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 so him like really early on i thought he's gonna be really good and then like the longer he's played the longer it's like okay he's a average mlb bat like at best right but when he came over he was you know there's a lot of hype behind behind sayaka suzuki Right, like I'm not I'm not crazy to think that. Right, like he he was one no, of the bigger names. But to come that up. that that's a perfect example too, right? But but that's a perfect example, right? You just pointed out Suzuki, and you said he had hype, right? And then in his drop down, your thing is he's still an average MLB player, right? With the KBO, it's different because now you might be talking about a guy who's just out the league. I I know personally, I talked about some guys um in the last five within the last five years coming over from the KBO. And a lot of them just didn't translate. That's why I said the one that actually turned su somewhat successful was Kim. But like, I remember, um, oh my God, I'm forgetting his name right now. But I remember a guy that I mentioned before who I thought was going to be like a, like a very big third baseman doesn't play in the MLB anymore. Like, I think only had like oh, two years in and, and was like, bro, like, it's yeah. just like, it, it's like that, you know, like it, it's very hard to predict. But, but even then, Japanese players are just at so much more of an advantage compared to Korean players when they're coming over, that even if you're like, oh, like your career didn't turn out how we wanted it to, you're probably still putting together like a 10-year MLB career, like like catching on with some team, right? Like that's the difference. And for Lee, I, I hope that he can, you know, keep on and pair with Kim and breaking that stereotype of like, hey, these are guys that are starting to come over from the KBO now that could actually turn into, into all-star level talent. Yeah, for me, the reason I'm not too hyped on him is, I mean, let's be real. There's 30 major league teams that could have put easily a better offer than six years, 123. Like, I mean, the Connor 113, whatever, like the contract says what the league thinks of this guy. So I'm going to kind of choose almost every single major league outfielder from last year over this guy because there are teams that need outfielders. There are teams that need this type of profile in their lineup. And somehow the Giants were the top dog. Sorry, I just I'm not that hyped on this guy. I hope he proves me wrong because it is there. And if it does translate, maybe he is the guy that does differently than every other KBO star. But there were 30 teams that could have picked up this guy and he's still signed for six years, 113 with the Giants. I'm a little worried about it. It's tough for the Giants because I see I see a world where like I actually do like their farm system a lot. I think they have a lot of good young young talent that we'll see in the next couple of years come up, right? Kyle Harrison. I think he's gonna be a, a guy who's potential ace, right? Um, they had two catchers come up last year that that played really well. Um, you know, I, I love their shortstop Luciano, but like, I, I you still need you you always want a proven power, right? You always want someone that you can put out there and say, hey, look, if all else fails, we have this guy that's gonna you know carry the lineup. They just don't have that right now, right? I think Mitch Haniger might be their best you know top piece if we're looking at it, right? Like it's not him or Conforto. Really, Sadly enough, him, yeah, him or Conforto, Jesus Christ, dude, it, it's um, tough for the Giants because they literally, like, by definition, they had their best chance these last two off seasons to like land the two players that fit them most perfectly in the entire game of baseball. Talking about marketability, everything, Judge and Otani, and they missed out on both. So now it's kind of like, where do you look for that superstar? Because even Bellinger and Chapman are not that, right? Yeah, well, I, I would say like I, I don't know if there's a guy that comes out in the next few years that can close that gap right because most of those guys are locked up for long term right that's, that's why these that's why these early contracts with Cunha Jr. and Julio Rodriguez and you know I don't know if Bobby Wood Jr. gets one but he should get one if you're the Royals like that's why these these matter right because now when they hit the market they'll, they'll, they'll be a lot older right um random as hell we, we we will talk Royals news which is something we never do but Royals have made some signings. They, they've been probably the most active team behind the Braves and I would say the Dodgers right now. So they signed Will Smith, who if, if anyone's heard of Will Smith's record as he's been in the last two World Series winners or last two, whatever it was, um, the Rangers, the Braves, and who was the other one? Um, or was it just Rangers and Braves? 
No, he was on the third one. I just I can't recall the team that won three years ago. Was it the Was it the Astros? Yeah, might have the Astros. Astros. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Rangers, Braves, Astros. Yeah. So, so three in a row. Now he's in the Royals. Place your te- place your bets, gentlemen. Um, I like money. Also, I like keeping my money, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> they also get get rotation pieces. Seth Lugo, who was previously of the Padres, um, and Michael Walker, also previously of the Padres. They both sign not long term deals, but they sign like you know decent deals, uh, multi year deals at least with the with the called with the Royals. They slot in one and two in the rotation, so. You know, what's that? Say? I, I don't know, but you guys have rotation pieces now that are legitimate major league pitchers pitching ma- legitimate major league innings. Uh, they also added Hunter Renfro, the outfielder, which, you know, he's a major league average to, you know, kind of below average at this point, like outfielder, I guess. So you have you have pieces. Um, we don't have to talk about it too much. I, I just think it's like AL Central is weak. It. Answer this question: Is it crazy for us to think that we might be talking about the Royals as far as AL Central winners next season? Uh, I think I wouldn't say it's crazy. I think it'd be surprising, but it wouldn't be crazy because the division is so weak that, like, imagine imagine injuries start to like drop a couple players on a couple teams, right? Like, no no team is necessarily a runaway. We know like Cleveland is in sell mode. They're going to be looking to move Bieber, Classe, probably some additional pieces. You're talking about a situation where, like, Cleveland star player behind uh, uh, Jose Ramirez next season might be Stephen Kwan. Like, so, I'm, like, that's the competition that you have in the in the AL Central, right? Like, it's it's no, and that's not to try to like shit on the division, but we know that the Central divisions every year just do this same thing over and over and over again. It's like they'll invest in like names, like sure names, right? Like Hunter Renfro, Michael Waka, yay! Like Seth Lugo, like it's just like we all know they're going to end up being trade pieces. Um, but yeah, Bobby Witt Jr., like you mentioned before, is an absolute superstar. Um, that, but the problem is, I don't know that the Kansas City Royals are necessarily in a position like prospect wise where they once were like during like, you know, the era of their World Series run where they might be able to fill up the team with additional good talent around Bobby Witt Jr., right? Because I don't know how many players are going to want to go out to the Kansas City to the Kansas City Royals. Um, I think, you know, Bobby Wood Jr. turning us to a superstar definitely can add to help that. But I don't know, man, outside of, of Bobby Wood Jr., I don't, I don't know much else that they can do. Yeah, it's crazy to think they're going to win the Central. Like, as bad as the Central is, and th- as much as I'm not going to pick a winner, I'm going to pick not the Royals. They just don't have anything. These are these are trade chips. These are, we're going to have hopefully have a good first start or just not terrible. And we're going to trade all these guys to get some prospects to try to fill in some talent around Bobby Witt and Vinny Pasquantino. I mean, you've got, they're talking of Zach Greinke coming back again. If you're really talking about 54-year-old Zach Greinke coming back, throwing a faster changeup than a fastball, then, yeah, I, I'm not going to pick you to win the division unless, like, literally Hiroshima happens to all the other teams in your division. There, I don't see a chance of it happening. Sal Perez is going to be back and probably still be their best hitter outside of Bobby Witt. Um, there's, there's not... <laughs> As, as bad as it is for my Giants, it's even worse for the Royals right now. Like, you have maybe a top five superstar in the league with Bobby Wood Jr., and you really can't do anything with it other than just try to trade him and see what you can get for him. But it's it's bleak over there in, in Kansas City. But they are signing some guys that can perform. Um, I, they may not finish in the bottom uh, with losing Terry Francona. I really see – I hate to say it, but I see the Indians just being at the very bottom of the division. They are trying to get rid of everything, and they got rid of Terry Francona. Not got rid of, but he retired. Ah, uh, there's there's not much the Indians are looking up for either. That's the central is just it's almost getting worse year by year, and that's crazy to think because each year is always the worst, and then it's just gonna get worse the next year. It's sad. And by, by the Indians, Nick Nick means the Guardians. No, I don't. I mean the Indians. That that's that's what they need to go back to. That's their name change is ruining it for them. I mean, look, AL Central sucks. I think I think Minnesota runs away with it at this point. Like I don't, I don't know who else can can potentially make some noise there. The right? Tigers like, might have a shot, believe it or not. T- t- yeah, Tigers might also have a shot. T- Tigers do have interesting, interesting people, right? So, um, what what um, Bobby Wood Jr. is to the Royals, someone like you know Green might be might be to the might might be to the Tigers, who finally had his first full year last year. Um, but yeah, no, I mean that sucks. Who, who thought we'd be talking about the Royals right now? 
Um, <laughs> last thing to really talk, talk about is uh, Yamamoto, right? So last week we talked about it, and I think all three of us were pretty heavily like, yo, Yankees, he's going to the Yankees. Since that, though, things have changed, right? So there was a meeting with Yamamoto with um, the Dodgers where apparently Otani, Mookie, and Freddie Freeman were part of it. Why you don't bring Will Smith would, would be your battery in eight. I don't know, but Will Smith did not get that invite. Uh, then, you know, that same Sunday, uh, he met with the Yankees or he met with, uh, you know, Brian Cashman and I, I believe Hal Steinbrenner was there. You know, the, the names didn't really get released. Um, this morning or yesterday morning, uh, Saturday, Saturday, he had dinner with Steve Cohen of the Mets. Uh, and there's also been rumors of the Red Sox being in play as well as the G- San Francisco Giants. So, guys, has your opinion changed from last week as far as, uh, you know, where Yamamoto might go? No, no, he's he's still going to the Yankees. I'm not going to say he's going to any other team um, until I, until I see otherwise. Because there there's again, there's no real reason for me to to just say like, oh yeah, I automatically see this specific team as a favorite. Yamamoto hasn't really given any indication that any particular team is the, is the favorite, right? I'm saying the Yankees because because I'm a Yankee fan. A Dodgers fan is going to tell you that the Dodgers, because they're a Dodgers fan. I did point out that the Otani deal, you know, does make it, um, again, digestible for the Dodgers to be able to take on a big contract like Yamamoto. And I think, you know, the Otani deal as a whole, when whether you're talking about players like Yamamoto, whether you're talking about uh, Lee, who we just discussed, that deal itself, not like forget about the deferred money, that deal itself being at $700 million shook up the entire market. Like the, the entire market, because even a player like Lee, before, the, like, if you look a couple months ago, Lee was being talked about as a 60 to $70 million player, ended up signing for 113. Like, uh, Yamamoto, early on, we were talking about 175 to 200 million. Now, all the talks that you see online is $300 million offers. That's because of the Otani deal. That's because of the Otani deal. It pushed everything up. It's why guys now want to be posted a lot earlier, right? Out of Japan. They're like, yo, let me out of here. Like, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get that money, or I'm trying to get 300 million if I can right now. Like, it, it's tough, but it's it, it's also tough because everyone has that, right? Like, there's there's no there the Yankees aren't in that position, the Dodgers aren't in that position. Like the, the Giants could sign him for 300 plus million, the Red Sox could do it, the Dodgers could do it, the Yankees could do it, the Mets could do it. Any team that he essentially wants to go to is going to give him that money. So I'm still just going to say the Yankees because that's the cap that I want to see him wearing. And and if I'm coming from a place of honesty, it's also one of the teams that has the biggest need for him. Yeah, for me, it definitely changes because I thought 100% he was going to the Yankees because I didn't realize that, you know, Otani was going to play for $2 million a year. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. So uh, I think the Dodgers are very much in play. I'm surprised it's taken this long for him to decide, which to me means some of these other teams are putting together some really sweet packages for him whether it's just the money or whatever else they're talking to him about. But I thought for sure he would have decided by now, especially I kind of thought he would decide within a couple of days after Otani. If the rumors are true that he wants to play with another Japanese star. I mean, I thought as soon as Otani decided where he was going, Yamamoto, not saying go to the same team, but I figured he probably would have made his decision. So it's very interesting. It sounds like it's a bidding war and it's crazy. Like he might be the highest paid pitcher by the end of all this, the way this is going, like he might beat out Garrett Cole's contract, which is insanity. That's crazy to think that this guy's going to come over from Japan and all of a sudden be the number one pitcher payment-wise in all of Major League Baseball. But, hey, if you got the money, spend it. It's not my money, so go for it, guys. I think right now he's benefiting from success with past pitchers, right? So Otani's success in the Major Leagues definitely helped him out. Um, uh, what's called? Ken Guy Seda, whatever his name is, and for the Mets. The fact that he had a good season last year. With, which you know that wasn't that wasn't something that was automatic. There was questions about about Senga, right? But the fact that yeah. he's that he performed last year, right? Um, right now, what you have is the best pitcher in Japan for the last like half decade coming out at his age. What is I think he's like 25, 20, 25. Yeah, yeah. Like it's hard to find that. You know the guy. The guy's electric. So they've you know the past. The past has helped him, and then the fact that he's just an absolute stud. Has has also helped them. I think right now, um, if you, it's really hard for me to say, man. But right now, I think we're looking at a world where Japanese youth baseball has surpassed American youth baseball to a certain degree, right? As far as their development, as far as them playing the game, and I wouldn't be surprised if you know we get so many more Japanese players 
just to be like mid-level players, right? Like, like right now we're talking about like the stars and the studs, but dude, it, 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 I don't know. I, I, you look at you look around the league. There's not many 25 year olds doing what what um, you know th- this guy's doing right now. So I mean, what you know, what you know, Moto's doing right now um, from a talent perspective, from a health perspective, which is the biggest thing, right? No arm injuries yet. Where right now there's a dude, there's, a, there's a Tommy John pandemic right now for 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 Major League Baseball and for Minor League Baseball and guys now getting that surgery in high school, right? Like so, it's it's just it's a whole different world right now, man. I for me personally, I don't know if he goes to the Yankees. To be honest with you, I think it's one of those things where you have to you have to give credit to the Power at Bay right now, which Power at Bay right now is the Dodgers, right? Like they they they've done everything where they're making players real comfortable to go there. They're showing a product right now where it's like, look, we're willing to do and pay anything to win. Um, I mean, the one the one big takeaway I guess I think from so far this winter is. The big market teams, there's just no reason why they can't just buy literally anybody for any price, right? Like, if you told me that Otani got a billion-dollar contract, the way it's set up, it wouldn't even be one thing that's like a head-scratcher at this point. You know, I, like, I'm surprised it didn't go higher based on, on how they're doing this thing. Uh, it also, you know, the other thing, too, is you saw the Angels. There's those, those news that the Angels didn't match the $700 million offer, which to me... The reason why that matters has nothing to do with him going back to Angels. I, he was never going back to Angels anyway at this point, right? But the big part is if if an owner like Artie Moreno isn't willing to put that 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 um, those years up like that, deferred like that, it's because he can't, right? It's it's because he is he someone that he's talked about selling the team in the past. He's a, a my, he's a single owner, right? He doesn't have to speak to shareholders or whatever. It makes a really hard position for someone like him or some of these like families that own baseball teams to say, yeah, we're gonna take this risk, right? And those are usually the smaller markets, so like the Brewers, um, you know, Cincinnati, right? They're like kind of more family owned than it is kind of just these big investor types. So we're kind of seeing like a shift in the game right now, right before our eyes, and I think that we won't know what it means for for another like five to ten years. Uh, but anyway, man, before we, before we get out of here, is there anything you guys want to say before before we're done till twenty twenty four? Not much more, man. Um, excited to see how the offseason plays out. Um, you know, we we talked a, a lot about today, a, a lot of names. I, I think there's going to be trickle down, um, like we also saw as well, right? Like we just finished talking about a guy like uh, Yamamoto. Another guy who's kind of taking a back seat because we're waiting for the Yamamoto market to play out is uh, Shoto Imanaga, who's also coming out this year from Japan, right? And we're already starting to see trickle down. He was in that same um, he was in that same group of value, like a Kodai Senga, who people were talking about. He's probably going to take. 60 70 million dollars and now now i'm seeing numbers of 100 to 125 being thrown out especially after the the otani and you know the expected yamamoto deal so he's another guy who's probably going to get paid and, and probably going to end up in a big market too i've i've seen the yankees linked at, as a backup option i've seen the cubs linked i've seen the red Sox, the mets so he's another name to keep an eye on as well no i'm just interested to see like like rob said how the rest of it plays out i mean there really are still some big names out there that are going to help some teams with a chapman a bellinger Snell, like there are some big names that really could, you know, they could hurt teams because you might be paying way too much for their productivity. They're not all these guys are not consistent. These are not perennial all stars anymore, even like that. And that's crazy to say that you're going to have guys you can't even bank on being an all star. You're talking 200 million for some of these guys, which is insane. But hey, that's where the game's going. And uh, you know, just shout out to baseball in general. Everybody says it's dead. It's not the sport to be playing. Look, if you want your kids to make some money and they're going to be a professional athlete. What what are you doing? Like this one contract that Otani just signed is more than LeBron James' career earnings, and he's signing max contract after max contract after max contract. Otani did it with one signature. So let's be real: baseball is not dead; it's not dying. There is lots of money in this sport for sure. I, I would say it's, it's the sport the most opportunity. Um, I mean, because we, we're talking about just American baseball, but internationally you play base you play professional baseball at, like anywhere man i had a, had a teammate who played professional baseball in, in, in switzerland of like all places right like it's it's, it's around there right it's, it's, it's something that plus just the amount of numbers same every roster has at least 25 players right uh, 26 players you need at least nine if you're gonna field a, a, a starting lineup right multiply that around however many professional teams are across the world you know there's a lot of opportunity there 
dude, for me, it's, it's some of these trades that, that are going to co- are coming out or leaking out or being proposed, right? So, for instance, Jesus Lozardo has apparently been in some trade talks. Um, obviously, Corbin Burns is the big one um, that people are waiting on. Uh, you know, Cease, just, just Dylan Cease is another name Dylan Cease, around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, for, for those teams that aren't going to be out here signing guys, right? So, like, the like the Orioles, who last year had a, had a great run, right? Are they going to be in the market for some of these guys? I I think they, I personally think they should be, right? You have an influx of infielders. You got to play Jackson Holiday somewhere. That man's potentially running for for MVP next year at, at some point in the season. Which, by the way, we're going to end twenty twenty three with some crazy shit. Look, Jackson Holiday will absolutely be in my top ten shortstop for next year. Just so everybody knows it, I'm, I'm letting you know right now. This dude is is rookie of the year next year, right? Um, barring injury. Like I'm, I'm gonna take him over over Yamamoto for rookie of the year. So place your bets, Rob. I know you, you, you're the, the the what's it called, the gambleholic. Here. Okay, but wait, 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 hold on though, because now that you just said that, it's like, hey, yo, but that rookie of the year race though, Jackson yeah. Holiday versus Yamamoto, that might be one of the best like rookie of the year races we've ever like, just absolute superstar prospect and just a three hundred million dollar man out of Japan, bro. Oof, oof. Jackson, Jackson Holiday will have MVP votes next year. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna bet against that. He's not gonna win, <laughs> yeah. but I'm not gonna. I'm oh, not no. gonna bet. I'm not I, gonna I, bet I don't against have that. him winning, no, but he, yeah. he will have MVP votes next year. Like you, you know, like it was like the Luis Robert season two years ago. Where I wouldn't shut up about Luis Robert. Next season is Jackson Holiday season, where I will not shut my mouth about Jackson Holiday. Like if you know what I'd do right now, if if this was possible, I'd offer Jackson Holiday. <laughs> A billion dollar contract <laughs> to go play shortstop with the Yankees. I, I'd send, I'd send the Orioles Volpe. I'd send like whatever you guys need. I'll take them. Dude, you're Jackson thinking, you're, you're, see, you're, see, you're thinking too large though. It's like th- we need, we need give them smaller a scale dollars. upgrades. We could look, we could get Bobby Witt from dollars. Kansas City. We could get Bobby Witt from Kansas City to play shortstop. I love Bobby. I, I love, I love Bobby Witt. Right. I love Bobby Witt. I think that our shortstop and Volpe won't even come close to what that dude's career is going to be. But even with my love for Bobby Witt, he's not Jackson Holiday. Jackson Holiday will absolutely like rip baseball apart. He will be when when he comes up for free agency because we know the Orioles aren't going to resign him. When Jackson Holiday comes up for free agency, he's going to be like the highest paid position player that isn't also a pitcher ever um, in his contract. Book it. Somebody somebody write that down for seven years from now. I'm, I'm telling Got you right you. now. It's gonna be- <laughs> Bring it up. I find it in the file seven years from now. <laughs> All right, man. Look, everybody, have a have a you know happy holiday, Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever Kwanzaa, whatever the hell you celebrate. You know, have a good time doing it with your family and shit. Enjoy the New Year's. Be safe. You know, end of twenty twenty three, and then twenty twenty four Jackson holiday season. We in there. See you guys later.